Love as distinct from being in love is not merely a feeling. It is a deep unity maintained by the will and deliberately strengthened by habit. Mm. That's a quote by uh, the venerable C.S. Lewis. Um, So what is the difference here? Uh, We're talking about knowing each other in really profound ways. Okay, Selene, you had some really good questions around knowing each other to the point where you can actually speak into each other's lives mm-hmm. in a very in a fruit bearing way. Yeah. Well we've been talking about that, right? We've been talking a lot about meaningful risk, I feel like over the last couple episodes we've been talking mm-hmm. about laughing together to promote like vulnerability and connection, right? For all of these reasons. Yeah. But all of this takes some sort of knowledge about each other, some sort of knowing right. um and understanding you know, what makes my husband laugh or what makes, Mm -hmm. do I know how he or she respond? My spouse responds to stress and how can I, you know, serve them in that way? How can I love them in that way? It's not automatic. We aren't just going to think and know, right? We have to be intentional about our sources. So we're going to look at the correlation between knowledge and love, right? Can we know what we don't love and how do we get to know in the name of love are each other? So we're going to ask all these questions. We're going to process through them on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. know what we don't love do you mean can we not love what we don't know can we love what we don't know yeah can we love what we know is what i meant to say i don't remember what i said can, on the other side can but... we love what we don't know it's gone it's on the <laughs> it's, other side it's already yeah <laughs> so i mean i love how lewis uh, formed formed this sentence it's a deep unity okay i don't mean to exegete c.s lewis here <laughs> but it's a deep unity okay and that it goes be- below the surface is talking about love versus being in love. Mm-hmm. And love is maintained by the will. Maintained, meaning that left on its own, our love will probably devolve into something less than where it should be. Mm. So it takes maintenance. We have to maintain it by the will. We have to be outside of ourselves, acting against mm-hmm. our base desires. Mm-hmm. We have to will this thing to be. And he says, deliberately strengthened by habit. Okay, again, maintained by the will and deliberately are very similar. Strengthened, so the more we love deliberately by the habits we deliberately choose, the stronger the love will become. Mm. Okay, so what's the correlation then? Or how can we as married people, in light of Scripture, in light of the gospel, in light of God's view of love, know each other Mm. with the heart of loving each other more selflessly, more fully, more circumspectly? Yeah. Well, because culture is like, the more you know, the more you're going to hate, right? The more you're not going to like that person. At least I feel like the message is just like, it's more fear-based, I think, of like, oh gosh, when you find these things out about your spouse, you know, that five, ten year mark, oh, you know, it's going to be rough. Or that even that first like newlywed, you know, that first year, it's like, the more you know, the harder it is. Mm. Well, yes and no, I guess would be my answer. Yes and no, because... 
yeah, we'll get into that, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do want to make mention of our awesome patrons. Thank you so much for joining patreon.com slash fierce marriage. If you're not aware, what that is, it's just a community of listeners and readers who say, hey, we want to see the gospel continue to be proclaimed through fierce marriage. And we're going to put our, our own backing into it. Mm. And so there's about 270 of you. Um, wow. That number tends to go down at the beginning of the month because it's just weird the way the, the, the thing works. But the point I'm trying to make is we're just so thankful. If you want to be a part of that, we would ask two things. You pray about it with your spouse and see if that's something that God is leading you to do. Mm-hmm. If he does lead you, we believe that he's going to lead those uh, whom he wants to be a part of this. If he does lead you, then we just ask you to visit patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Um, and that goes on $2 on up. Anything helps. We just love locking arms with you. Uh, if you don't, if you don't feel like doing that, uh, but you still do appreciate the content, you can always leave a rating and a review. Please do leave a rating and review on mm. iTunes. Podcasts are going crazy. There's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> There's a ton of like true crime stuff. There's a ton of political podcast there's a ton of uh there's even like the office ladies right where they talk about behind the scenes <laughs> which i haven't actually listened to because i feel like there's something pure about not knowing <laughs> not knowing um, is also don't bliss. have time for it <laughs> so it's really important now more than ever to uh to kind of stand out um, um, among the noise mm. and your rating and your, your review really do help that so there's our there's our pitch okay so here's what's happening in the frederick household <clears throat> A lot. Uh, so <laughs> a lot's happening. Yes, I and just, this episode is I, a little bit of the fruit of that. <laughs> the Lord decided no. <laughs> Somehow I was awake at three o'clock this morning, and that was just the greatest and the worst. Um, <laughs> baby was sleeping. I was everything was great and fine. I just my mind started waking me up. Um, some of you know how that goes, and so I decided, okay, well, I'll start praying. That sounds like a good idea. Usually is the quick ticket to, to the sleepy train. <laughs> I hate to say it. <laughs> well, had lots to pray about. Then my mind starts going, right? Well, Lord, I pray for my children. Oh, Lord, I pray for <laughs> all these like you know yeah. fears and worries start spiraling. And then I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to read the Bible. Get on my phone to read the Bible because can't read and but you know light. can't turn the light on i know i know the the, the phone light is the phone to light like... is promoting the non-sleep so anyways we're just gonna go there <clears throat> so started reading hebrews because we're trying we're trying to finish up reading hebrews together and i just keep oh, taking I forever and ever i know <laughs> and then i started reading romans 8 for another variety of reasons and then the lord was reminding me yesterday about how i was moving plants around because we're trying to get ready to go on this little mini kind of trip and of course i was like oh i need to move my plants around (laughs) of course (laughs) naturally (laughs) ah all the things you think you need to do have we shared about how we have a raised garden that this is the first year first year we've had a raised garden yeah but i didn't move stuff into that that thing is the is the flipping amazon jungle (laughs) it really is it's because we get so much sun in our front yard we're facing we're south facing and we just get a lot of sun so and we also got the soil from the local i don't know soilery (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tacoma grow tag grow as it's known uh, around these parts but that stuff I mean I don't know what they put into it it's like magic it's probably a lot like, like sausage right I don't want to know what's in the soil <laughs> I just want to know that it works and uh, holy smokes <clears throat> that thing's taken off everybody that comes over is like what are you doing with your garden because that's unreal we have, I just threw uh, all the seed packets in I was like here we go 
The sunflowers are like six feet tall. Thinning? I know. I didn't thin I anything. Them like so a month ago. It's crazy. But that that's actually beside the point of what I was talking <laughs> okay. about with the garden. But, it's so a, it incorporates a little bit. So there's context. People know that gardening is actually <clears throat> a fairly new thing in the Frederick world. Well, who isn't doing a garden? Hashtag pandemic, right? Like everybody's <laughs> like, okay, cool. Now it's a good time to plant a garden. That's, well, that but was, I yeah. was doing it before that all of that i was like you know what we're really gonna do it this time here we're gonna do it <laughs> so sweet dumb dumb <laughs> reference um anyways yesterday i was moving some plants because i have these flowers that go from like green to brown and there's maybe been three blooms on them the last three years they've been in the backyard in this little like garden area that we have and i'm like man why won't they just stand up and grow they keep multiplying they keep coming back but they just don't grow they don't bear the beautiful fruit we no. expect flowers to bear. Yes. And I'm just, so I'm sitting there, I'm digging them out, trying to get all the roots out, looking at the soil underneath, which is more like mud and dirt and rocks. It's not, it's obviously, it's been there for a long time and it's broken down and it's just, there's no real, it needs sturdy plants. Let's just put it that way. And I don't think these flowers were sturdy. I can't remember the name of them. I'll look them up if somebody really wants to know. Anyways, they're, they come back every year. Are those perennials, annuals, annuals? <laughs> I don't know. Perennials, I feel like is... They were not... The word. I was just like, I love these flowers, but they're not doing well back here. So my mom gave me some other flowers, some candy tufts that are a bit sturdier. She said, here, these should plant and multiply and they should... They don't... They're low maintenance. I read the little tag. Awesome. Low maintenance. Water them really good when they first get in the ground and then you know what? They're good. I was like, Sweet. So I decided to move those into the part that doesn't get as much sunshine, that doesn't get as much of the elements, but it things grow, right, that are sturdy. Decided to move the plants that don't grow and that are not as sturdy, the flowers, out to the front yard because we get tons of sun. I'm like, all right, I'm going to put these roots in. I'm going to dig them down. I'm going to spray them off because they all look really bad right now. And I'm going to let them try to perk up with some sunshine. I'm going to see if the, like, six or seven hours of sun that we get on that side will help these poor plants grow because and the whole time i'm digging around in all of this i feel like the lord is just saying know your soil know your soil know your soil and i'm not one to put a lot of like spiritual i don't want to put words in the lord's mouth i'm not sitting here like oh god is speaking to me and telling me all these things like there there are those instances the holy spirit moves i feel like the holy spirit was like just know your soil know your soil and for me in that moment, it was talking about me and my children, our children, about knowing them and knowing how to discipline them and why we're disciplining them and why we're training and teaching them. And then I thought to, I thought to myself, hmm, we're going to be recording the podcast soon. This feels like a good podcast topic <laughs> okay. about knowing your soil in, in terms of like knowing your spouse, right? We can so easily just look at the ground and think, oh, there's, you know, there's things blooming, there's flowers happening and growing. Well, there's this one area that just keeps dying, but it's fine. Like the rest is growing. Mm. It seems okay. And the more you dig into, for me, the more I kept digging into the dirt and trying to like make nice dirt, I couldn't like, you have to bring in like mm. new dirt. Yeah. You can't just, and you, the rocks that were there, like the flowers aren't necessarily going to pick up the rocks and move them out of the flower bed like I had to do that right and they needed some sort of interve intervention and some sort of recognition that hey it's basically mud down here so you, something's got to be pretty sturdy I feel like to, to mm. remain here but also like it needed some intervention of me reaching in taking some stuff out me reaching in digging around in the mm. dirt pulling up some of the weeds getting some of the roots up 
I think you can probably see where we're going with this. So I see, <laughs> so talking about knowing the soil, I see a correlation between what Lewis had said by it's a deep unity. Love is a deep unity maintained by the will. Mm-hmm. So here you are learning about the plant, learning about the soil, learning what the plant needs, what kind of soil is right, right. what I makes soil good. How can I put these expectations on this plant, right? And then going about <laughs> the work of maintaining it. Okay, so analogies are great, but I want to make sure that we're all clear. So what are, am I the soil or am I the gardener or am I the plant? <laughs> Well, I mean, let's just go to scripture. You know, the Lord <laughs> makes things grow, right? So okay. we water it, we plant. I think I think it has a lot to do with expectations, right? And so if I don't know if I don't know that the soil's bad, if I don't, if it appears that things are okay in our marriage and it appears but things keep dying off mm. or they're not bl- thriving or they're not blooming, then I think we need to check the soil of our hearts, right? We need to check. Yeah. That's that's scriptural. The, That's the parable, parable of the sower. Right. Right. So uh, it's in Matthew. Jesus is talking about the soil among the different, or the, the sower sowing seeds among the different types of soil. Right. And then Paul, again, talks <clears throat> about how I, Paul, watered. I, I, I planted the seed. Apollos watered, but only God brings growth. Right. So the and, seed is the gospel. Okay. God is the sower and the waterer. In, in many cases, but right. he also uses others like Paul and Apollos to right. soil, to, to what, to sow and to water. <laughs> so, the, so there's that, that side of the seed planting and soil analogy in terms of marriage, in terms of how we are called to be cultivators of the soil of our spouse's heart. Right. Is that, that's a conversation that can be had. Yeah, that's really and, what we're talking through here. Yeah. And if I'm, you know, if I'm it's, honest, it's, it was just kind of this message of like, know your soil, know your soil. And and I don't, I can't necessarily put this big, like metaphor, laying right. down this huge foundation. There's it really some open was ends, just like, you mean? It's yes, not completely there's some air- open Ugh. ends to this <laughs> Talk to metaphor. me when it's, when it's not thr- I'm kidding. No, I'm totally kidding. Well, but there's just, you know, there's a lot of meaning to be gleaned from all of that. Yeah. I mean, God uses... God talks about in the Bible, like the garden, right? There's always these ideas of, of growth and soil and seeds and sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there's something to be taken away from. So you know, let's, for simplicity and for clarity, let's say this. Today we're talking through <laughs> knowing your soil that is your spouse, right? Yeah. And so knowing how to cultivate and help your spouse thrive being the soil that they are. Right. Right. And so sometimes that means you need to put some good soil in there. You need to cultivate the land. Okay. We're, we're not, we don't want the analogy to be the whole point, but the point is, how do we know each other? Yeah. How do I know you? How do I know your heart? How God has wired you? Also, mm-hmm. the different enemy outposts of our hearts, our individual hearts that haven't been won over by faith, won over by the gospel right. yet, or they haven't been conquered yet, they right. haven't been sanctified yet. Well, and what are the lies that we're believing that are mm. keeping the soil from being like mm. tilled over, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so as we go about this knowledge journey... Right, getting to know each other, it always it helps us to um, ground ourselves in the biblical definition of love. So I just want to contrast some things here. Again, talking about the C.S. Lewis quote, because I feel like maintaining love by the will is akin to maintaining soil in this way, knowing your soil and maintaining the soil that is your marriage, that is mm-hmm. your spouse's heart. Right. So contrast. Right. So we have love that is covenantal. Right. That is a very freeing freeing thing if we if we actually acknowledge and embrace this truth that that god is love that it is part of his character 
that he is also covenantal and he is covenantal because he's loving and he's loving because he's covenantal. There's this mm. intrinsic connection between covenantal character and loving character. And so when we talk about love and covenant and marriage, it is a reflection of God's character in such beautiful freeing ways. And so, uh, Consider this, right? It's freeing and it's profound to understand that love is maintained by the will. It's not something that just happens to us. Mm. To know that love isn't something that we fall into or fall out of, that we have no control over. Right. Right. To know that love isn't something that comes and goes like the wind. It's mysterious. Yes. Yes. Right. And to know that love is not it's more fickle. more secure than that. Yeah. It's not a fickle thing. It's not prone to vacating our marriage as soon as the emotions oh, dry up. Praise the Lord. So there's a reason God has defined marriage as a covenant bound by love. And it's not just love, the worldly version of love. Right. We did a poll a while back or we did some research a while back on, okay, what does the world outside of scripture view as love? And the, the answers were as diverse as the people giving them. Yeah. Right. There wasn't just... There wasn't one answer. Like if you said, hey, hey, I'm going to ask 100 people which way is up, right? You'd get a pretty good solid response. Like people would probably point up and they'd say that that's up. Yeah. Right. And so we'd say, okay, we have a solid definite. Well, love is not that way. People don't have a, a strong sense of what love is. It's just love is whatever our culture says it is. Mainly a feeling, I think, would be that. It's mainly a feeling. And so Consensus. to have a biblical version of love, we have so much, so much more to 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 hold on to right to say that love is patient it is kind it is embodied in the person and work of Christ on the cross and that love has God has loved the world in such a way uh, John 3:16 for God so loved the world that means in such a way that he did what he sent he gave his one and only son mm. so that is love it's sacrifice it's a sacrificial giving yeah. um marriage is not a covenant these, these are the contrasting parts i wanted to say and then we'll go on. Marriage is not a covenant bound by circumstance. Hmm. Right? So many couples get married because, oh, shoot, we, well, we, we, we slept together and we're, we're, we, the baby's coming and it's the right thing to do to get married. So that's our circumstance. Or, in contrast, our lives are just so great. We just are enjoying it so much. And let's get married because it's the next thing for us. We've been dating for a number of years. And I don't really care what love is. I just know that this feels right. Right. So our circumstances kind of lean into Lead it. Lead us into it, yeah. Um, marriage is is not a covenant bound by emotion, right? Emotions are good. Emotions are great. I love when I feel like loving you. <laughs> <laughs> and I love when you feel like loving me at exactly the same time. You know how often that actually happens? <laughs> Can I just be honest? I know. It, it almost feels like a game of cat and mouse it a little really bit. Is. Like when you're feeling really affectionate, I'm just like, Oh, I don't want Why to. does she love? Why? What do you want? Yeah, what do you what want you trying from to get? me? <laughs> yeah. Or you're just, you, you feel like I'm mad at you. So you're being affectionate toward me or I'm being affectionate towards you. You're just like, you haven't helped me today <laughs> or whatever. We had that argument recently. Oh, yes. Um, and so it's very rare that we're both just like, I love you. And you also are feeling like loving yeah. me. It's Emotions probably, are, they come and go. It's mm-hmm. more, they're more of like a byproduct, I would say. And they're not the objective they can't be right marriage marriage that our covenant cannot be based on emotion otherwise it would be done <laughs> right right so so it's not based on emotion marriage also isn't a covenant bound by financial security right oh I feel like praise a lot of the times, lord for that <laughs> yeah um if we, we feel like our marriage would be so much better if we just had uh the financial security we were looking for mm. and if our if our financial security is not there there's all kinds of stress and then that kind of bears its it's ugly weight on our 
on our pseudo love, right. Right, our pseudo covenant, right. and it ends up breaking it because financial security is it can't bind a covenant together, right? Um, and then when married, you don't have to, right? Right. That's the other part. Sorry that you don't. It doesn't have. It's. I love that we're saying that it's not bound by these things. I think I would say it. Does, it's not. It doesn't have to be bound by these things because I think we feel mm-hmm. so like glued to to our reasoning, right? And so. It doesn't have it's to be. It's freeing. Yes. That's what you're saying. Like It's freeing to not have to be bound by emotion. Yes. It's freeing that it doesn't have to be bound by circumstance or financial security or even mutual benefit. Okay? I read I read a seriously troubling... Oh, dear. I mean... Tr- <laughs> I read a he troubling... He reads a lot of things. So when he says he reads something <laughs> troubling, it makes me even more like, okay. oh, no. Ooh. Okay. So this is out of scripture. Okay. Directly out of scripture. The point that I want to make in this is how God calls us to glorify him, even when, uh, there's not a mutual benefit into, in a relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this comes from first Peter chapter two, by the way, if you want to have your mind blown, uh, read first Peter, because I, I was like, I was in my devotions <laughs> and I was trying to get through a chapter and I just found like, I like to write verses in my journal and then I'll kind of pick apart the verses and if something jumps out, I try to get through a few chapters and then I'll try to pick a few verses and then I'll kind of, I don't know, exegete those very surface level type stuff. It just helps me process and pray. And anyway, I couldn't get through even like half a chapter of first Peter. Anyway, I, I forced myself to get through. <laughs> so, and this is talking about submission to authority. Okay. Oh goodness. Okay. Here we go. Buckle again, up. All this is to illustrate a fact that covenants and covenantal love and honoring God isn't bound by benefit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he's talking to the early church. There was so much persecution happening in the early church and they were just, they were going through it. They were right in the middle of it. And so he's writing to them, encouraging them that regardless of how they are feeling, Hmm. they are to glorify God by uh, honoring their authority in this way. He says, be subject to the Lord's sake. This is chapter two, verse 13. Uh, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but as living servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And so the emphasis there, oh yeah, and then he goes on to say, talking about Jesus, says, for you have been called, this is verse 21, for for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was de- neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By by his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but now, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Hmm. The whole point is to contextualize our lives around the ultimate worth of God's glory over and above anything that we experience. Wow. So, again, bringing it back to marriage. Right. Our marriage covenant isn't bound by mutual benefit hmm. in that we have made a covenant to each other and to God. But there are mutual benefits right. to being married, right? Yeah, oh, you would hope so. Like, <laughs> but those that would are not be the, the hope. Yes, but those are not the reasons why we got married, right? Or that we stay married. I mean, I think some of them are, you know, 
Well, clearly it's somewhat, there's a benefit pragmatically for yes. us to get married. The difference we're trying to make here is that it's not bound by those things. Right. It's bound, it's held together by the covenant. And that is the same kind of spirit of seeing God's ultimate glory as our ultimate context Yeah. in in the institution of marriage. I think I like how you, the word bound, I think, throws me off when I hear it. So I think I like the word, what did you say? It's not, it's not held, held together, together yeah. by you know, circumstances, it's not held together by our emotions. It's not held together by our financial security mm. or a mutual benefit, but it is held together by God, right? By the, by his love, by his character. He is dr- drawn us into this together. Is yeah. that, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to like el- eliminate, like it's not our feelings that keep us together because feelings come and go. It's not our circumstances of, Hey, when we're married, like life is great. Because if you ask married people, if life is great, I mean, it's, yeah. it can be, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You hope it, it is. is. Yes. You hope it is, but it isn't always. It's just the reality that we live in, in a fallen, broken, sinful world. And that's why, that's why we're focusing on this because it's so freeing yes. to know that it's not held together by anything other than this covenantal love that has been shown to us, designed by and given to us through the Holy Spirit by the God of the universe. Does that mean we throw up our hands and say, all right, we're in a covenant, we're, we're married, that's it. <laughs> well, that's not what love is, though. Right? Like, and love well, that's is a what constant I'm pursuit that, of each other. That yeah. was my lead in there. It was just kind of... Well, well done. Go ahead. Well done. <laughs> go ahead, you go. <laughs> yeah, so it is It is very freeing. It is very uh, liberating. I, I mean, I just want to look back at our own history. Like, if we, if our marriage was bound by emotion, people always ask us, why are you guys, they don't always ask us. I want to say this. When we started Fierce Marriage, <laughs> don't always ask us. when we started Fierce Marriage, we, we did it because we realized we had friends who were getting divorced, some that had been divorced twice over since the time that we had been married. Which would have been like 10 years. It was nine. Then. Yeah, we were nine years in, yeah. headed in almost to our 10th anniversary. And we just said, what is different? Why are we still together? And why are we still enjoying each other? And hmm. has it been easy? No. But so why are we together? And you and I, I don't remember exactly how it came down, but we basically looked at each other and said, Jesus. Right. If it weren't for Christ, it weren't for his grace, it weren't for his version of love, we wouldn't be together. So if our marriage was held together by emotions, we would have been divorced uh, at year two. And if if you want to talk about financial security, (laughs) oh, baby, buckle up. That's a whole nother podcast episode. Oh, years. We had years of living hand to mouth and being saddled with so much debt because of my heart surgery, bad choices. Uh, immaturity. We yes. got married very young. And so years. Yeah. And I'm not, not like three years, like eight years, <laughs> 10 years yes. of living in, under that kind of burden, under those hard circumstances yes. and financial insecurity. And so we're kind of preaching uh, to the choir in a sense, but we're also <laughs> preaching from experience, meaning that we are reminding ourselves, but we're also saying, listen, you guys, Ryan and Selena, fierce marriage is not a thing because we've somehow cracked the code right. on fun, healthy, vibrant marriage were still a thing because of the glory of God and the goodness of God and his desire to pull his glory out of us right. as we submit ourselves to the idea of covenant and love as he designed. Right. And I think I, at 3 a.m. when I was laying there thinking about how dreary and dark the world is, this is my tendency, folks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just kind of feeling disheartened, right? And I was like, I was just like, Lord, like why why do we live <laughs> not not i wasn't asking in a like mm. depressed or like i'm going to go do something to myself way it was more of just a, a a hunger right for our purpose and you know what's our what's our purpose in this whole universe right and it's to mm. bring 
glory to God and to know his love and to know what that means to be loved by God. Yeah. A sinner broken, marred by sin, loved by a holy, perfect and pure God. Like that is mind blowing for me in terms of, okay, if I'm, I can't even begin to wrap my head around that. But what it does for me is that it gives me some sense of assurance, right? That my faith again is in that strong branch, right? And that no matter like no matter the circumstances, no matter what my emotions are, no matter our financial security, uh, no matter the mutual benefits I may or may not be getting from our marriage. <laughs> Just kidding. Spouses with benefits. <laughs> he, you, you still. I know that you still love me because it's not based on any of these things. It's based mm. on First Corinthians thirteen. It is based on the love of God the love that Jesus right. represented and showed in his whole life. Um, and I was reading Romans 8 early this morning again. So let me draw, I sound let me, so holy. Let me build a bridge real not, fast here. I we've been can't ta- sleep. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've had a long day already. So we're talking about love and covenantal love and God's covenantal and loving character. Mm-hmm. And we're segueing into this is kind of the impetus, right, for us to learn to love well, knowing that love is the action and, and covenant is the place where the action unfolds. And that namely is how to understand the soil that is your spouse and knowing your soil, knowing your marriage, knowing your spouse, knowing and how knowing that informs how we love one another. Right. And that's where we're headed. And I just want to say one last thing about God's everlasting love real quick. (laughs) Um, In Romans 8, 31, um, we're all very familiar with this, this verse of what shall we what shall what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Who, How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? That just, sorry, that just gave me so much mm. peace, assurance, confidence, just liberation from all the fears and things yeah. that I was dealing with in my mind. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress, persecution, famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Like, insert any of your fears there. Any of your darkest, scariest fears. Put mm. them there. Will they ever separate us from the love of God? Verse 37, he says, No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I am sure that neither death nor life, and everybody knows that one, nor height nor depth, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. If this doesn't speak to the type of loving God that we are in covenant with and that our marriage was created through and purposed by, then I don't know what else there is to say about it. Because I have something else to say about okay, it. Okay, good. Say it. <laughs> this is from First Peter 2, uh, verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people. But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So there's a lot of themes here that should hopefully encourage you to get about this business of knowing the soil that is the heart of your spouse, right? Mm. This is this is 
rooted identity is where it comes from. Absolutely. Again, rooted. We're using more. <laughs> Here come the metaphors. So, so we're completely, if when we're completely abiding in Christ, again, there's another plant metaphor there. He's the vine, we're the branches. But we're rooted, our identity is rooted in him, in this reality, mm-hmm. that we were not a nation. Now we are a holy, set-apart people as believers, right. regardless of anything else. This is the only identifying creed, is that I am God's. We are God's property. We are his saved, beloved people for his mm-hmm. glory to proclaim his, his, what does it say, his excellencies. <laughs> Which I love that sounds so regal. So we're rooted in that spot to now look at, okay, Ooh, I, I can I'm relax. Like, yes. My identity is secure. Okay, how can I know and love my spouse? So let's talk about ways to know and love our spouse. Yeah. So some questions you might want to start kind of just asking yourself or your spouse or just kind of dancing around are things like, and these are struggles. These come from like my our own marriage. These are things that I ask myself. Like, do I really know how Ryan deals with stress? Maybe it depends on the type of stress that it is. But in different seasons, he has different tendencies. Do I know those? Do I know how to respond to those when I'm not in, when my soil is not perfect, right? When I'm feeling like everything's Hmm. just scorched earth because of kids all the time, (laughs) then I love it. I'm like, yay, rung out for the Lord. But right, (laughs) something's got to grow too (laughs) because otherwise we're all just going to be rung out. (laughs) But do I know where he falls in terms of like how he deals with stress? Do I know how to lovingly um, lead him back to the Lord or help him back? I don't want, I don't know if lead is the right word, but help him and encourage him and reflect, you know, the gospel and Jesus back to him. Am I'm I, fine with it. We're, we're, we're partners in this and that right. the fact that I sometimes don't always go to the well immediately that I go and I go to other places as my don't we all? helpmate and as my wife and my best friend and my partner, I think leading is totally fine because right. you can say, listen. I love you. Let me show you where the good stuff is. The good stuff's in Christ. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to His feet. Yes. And and bring this. And to we him. can securely do this because I know that even if you yeah. get angry or hurt or frustrated, like we can work through those emotions because again, our our covenant is not held together by those things, right? So that hmm. gives us again the freedom and permission to start working through some of those hard areas. It, mm. it gives us freedom and permission to know each other. know the sin that is in each other's hearts. Um, Another question might be, um, you know, you hear us talk about the love language is always, it's very important. Do you know how your spouse experiences love? Mm. Because in those instances, I think when they are struggling or when I am struggling, right, as a wife uh, in whatever area, I'm going to need my husband to love me, not the way he experiences love, but he know the way he knows that I experience love. love because that is what will speak to me again it's which i'll say we're so quickly we so quick to project versus right i feel like i know how you like to be loved but i will say this it's a moving target (laughs) amen (laughs) i'm just kidding i'll be like great we had all this great quality time and then we'll sit down and you'll be like oh we're just not connecting (laughs) (laughs) it's again it changes in different seasons right when we have kids time together sometimes I love Acts you. Acts of service go a long ways. Gifts go a long or ways. Or I will order dinner and I'll do dishes and I'll do all that stuff. And, and then you'll be like, you don't love me well. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, I've Are you really done doing all this? the things. Oh, no. Yeah. And contrary to popular opinion, you can't just, uh, you, you have to love me with your emotions as well as, <laughs> so physical touch is always the guy's thing, right? <laughs> well, like, you, know, you I feel like guys get oversimplified. <laughs> 
guys get oversimplified. We're emotional people as well. No, I know. I think traditionally we've kind of just learned to uh, to squash a lot of those emotions, yeah. much to our uh, detriment <clears throat> as men. But uh, anyway, uh, that's a that's a different thing. So learn how your your spouse know and learn and practice how your spouse enjoys being loved. Right. And I think it does take a level, we always talk about this as well, but it takes a level of, of maturity and awareness, right? Like spiritual maturity, spiritual awareness. Just sometimes it, it takes time to grow and mature as a person, just like a plant, right? Like you've, yeah. I probably did not love you well in our early marriage the early years of our marriage. Maybe I don't, maybe it's now that I don't love you well because I'm just like, I feel like there's so many things to do to love We're all no, the people in our house well. <laughs> well, we've, we've been in but, this long season of having young kids yes, and that does change the dynamic it changes, for a time. Yes. Yeah. But again, we have the security of our covenant, right? And I have, we have the security of um, just talking to each other about that and saying, hey, you know, when you say these things, like this is how I hear it and it may, it's probably not right and I give all these qualifiers whenever I'm, like, going to bring something that I know is either going to, like, go ablaze or just kind of say, yeah, Sel- you know what? Selena Let's loves talk to read my mind <laughs> before we have a conversation. Because so I say, have gotten bit <laughs> without preparing. But what happens is we have arguments that I don't participate in. <laughs> they happen I try, in your Well, it's really hard to try to prepare and also, like not prepare you're like i know you're probably gonna hate this and i know that you don't i know that you are gonna shoot this down right away but here's the idea and i'm like well well yeah now i'm gonna shoot it down (laughs) it's good times over here it's good times good times over here so yeah do you know do you know these things about your spouse do Mm. you are are you a mature enough person to go to them and say these things because you're secure in your covenant and i think that's a big part because a lot of us don't feel secure because Mm. maybe we feel like our covenant is based on our feelings our covenant has been based or there's been you know there's been trust that's been broken Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that you just cannot ignore yeah yeah so learning learning to love each other in light of this is 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 the theme okay so i'm thinking of uh recently I kind of have these rhythms. I think we all have these rhythms where we kind of get in a funk periodically. Yeah. Like you'll have highs and lows, right? And so when you're in the low point, I think it's really important to know how to navigate the low points. Okay? And recognizing that, hey, you're in a lull. You're in a low point. Your emotions are off. Yeah. You maybe you've been spent too much time on Instagram and you feel terrible about yourself. <laughs> or And so knowing how to navigate that, I came to you and I was like, what was it? It was it was a recent day and you said, what's going on? It was your oh. birthday. <laughs> You're welcome for that. It was <laughs> birthday breakfast. I'm like, oh, something's not right. Yeah, hey, I made you crepes okay? though. I mean, I made crepes because like that's your love language. There's six love languages. <laughs> crepes is the sixth. Food one. is always that is going to be the new. That's the newest edition. We got to tell. Let's him. write a book. The sixth love language. <gasps> TM. Food. <laughs> TM. That's a verbal trademark. It's binding. Um, yeah. So I had. I think I was having a hard morning, and you're like, "What's going on?" And I was just like, "You know what? I'm actually not doing great." And it's for these reasons. And a lot just of so people you know, had to unload their emotions on my birthday. Yes. I don't know what it was. Maybe I was feeling more sprightly, and everybody's like, "Oh, you're feeling good." So <laughs> yeah, let me so tell you, how I'm not feeling good. Let me just sap some of that energy from you real fast. <laughs> uh, and I think what I told you is like, is I just it'll just pass. Like we don't need to hash through it. Right. Know that I love you, and this stuff will pass. I just need to learn to. But lean what did into, I say? I don't remember what you said. Ah! I said, say? well, <laughs> remember I was saying, well, maybe God's trying to teach us like how to take an active role in this and not just let it pass. Like sometimes, yes, there are some 
some times to let oh, it pass. Yeah. But if it's a consistent thing, right? If you find yourself, if you find, if we're consistently dealing with cer- certain things, waiting for them to pass is not the right thing to do. Right. Like, you're just basically snoozing it till next right? time. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this what this isn't what you're talking about in terms of like. No, that was. Lulls. But see, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. Sorry to contradict you, but that's exactly. It was so helpful to me because you know me well enough to say. This is a rhythm, okay? So we can't just snooze it. So it's going to go off in seven minutes, <laughs> metaphorically. <laughs> it does go off again. So maybe it's a call for God to, for you to bring it to him in a new way. Yeah. And to me, that was a light bulb moment because you knew me. Yeah. And so it's, 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 and you were brave in saying that because well, you feel like maybe I could lash out in those moments. Right. There's two options. You either like, as a wife, you're either like, oh, we're dealing with this again. Aren't you over this? Like... <laughs> Did you figure this out yet? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I haven't figured out my identity and like <laughs> all the things that yeah. make, I'm not a secure person. Okay. So I'll just bottle it up for next time. <laughs> just bottle it up. Boom. Just... Explosion. <laughs> but knowing that you do that, knowing that when something, I could sense that something was off. And honestly, like I've been trained to not like go that way of saying, oh gosh, you haven't dealt with this yet. <laughs> we haven't figured this out. But the more I know about you and how you think and how you love and how you enjoy mm. things and how you don't like the struggles that you have, it honestly like it begets compassion from me. Like it, I want to empathize yeah. with you. I want to figure out how to love and serve you well, not as a way of writing you off or dismissing, but actually like walking through it together because that's what this covenant is about and partial, not total. Yeah. But here's another example. Uh, we recently had the epiphany. Okay, so personality tests are a thing. There's for a lot for a little mm. while. Everybody was all about the enneagram and <laughs> a while. Are, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's how people talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, my name's Ryan. I'm a six. What are you? <laughs> Oh, classic three. I think three, it's more three. like, Ugh. you're a three, aren't you? What's your name? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I can tell you're a three. I can see a three a mile away. Uh, five the way, over there. I have no idea what these numbers I mean. I'm just throwing them out there. I forgot. But so those things are tools, whatever. Uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you could use them. Okay. They're just not ultimate in our lives, right? And so I just want to be balanced there. They're useful things. But we were having a conversation about how some people think just completely like it's it's like a, a different operating system in your brain, right? I would liken it to Windows versus Mac. Okay, some people think what? Some people think linear thoughts, linear. Remember oh, the yeah. linear things, and like you have an ongoing inner monologue, right, throughout the day. And listener, maybe that's you. Actually, the majority of people, I'm, I'm told, statistically speaking, I think sometimes I'm blank. Have an ongoing inner inner monologue or inner dialogue even with themselves. Like, where I need to do this thing or I've got this thing. Yeah, right. now think, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go look in the mirror and brush that. my teeth. I just I'm think gonna... sometimes I... <laughs> <laughs> okay. like, I don't think that. I think sometimes I'm going to get up and go brush my teeth. Oh, dang it. So, <laughs> I've never realized that people have those thoughts. Because you're a web thinker. We discovered well, this just recently, I folks. feel very, I have very abstract, I don't think in words and he... any sort of in any concrete way it's all completely try writing a book with this guy all right (laughs) that's all i gotta say so they're associated ideas the the best word picture i can come up with is that it's like a A web web of ideas that have interrelated connections which is really great because it makes you sound really smart where i'm like okay we're at point a how do we get to point b okay we got there now how do we get to point c and you're like ah there's like d and f and i I think they get yes and i'm just (laughs) So you can imagine do, the frustration on some levels. Speaking, so writing for me is a lot easier because I can write it over and over and over again until it's like until it's got right. the A to B progression. 
speaking is so hard for me because I don't know. We can prep to speak, and I don't know how it's going to come out when we actually speak. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I know you do, but it's just so funny because I mean. But if I can get in the if I can get in the zone and I can be thinking the actual literal zone of if like I get in the actual. Okay, zone. this is what we're talking about. Here's the topics. Here's a few points that I know and I'm familiar with, and I've done a lot of research on. Okay, then I can confidently like step forward and start moving. In but that. if you give me a script, I'm just frozen in the water. Like and there's you just nothing. Read it. That's Where why I can I'm never like, be an actor. Yeah. I have to be in the zone of the actual. Like, <laughs> I'd be a method actor. I'd have to be like Shia LaBeouf or whatever. What? <laughs> He's a method actor. Anyway. Oh, anyway. you're funny. So uh, that's another thing that we've realized about each other, and I've thought, okay, how can we love each other in light of this new information? It's actually helped me a lot because mm. I think it's it's challenged me to think more web-like as like as as you say you've said that a lot term. lately yes you know? i'm getting tired of it stop well nope <laughs> and i hope it's forced you to think more linearly 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 <laughs> literally it's literal it's literal linear. and linearly <laughs> just making up words over here <laughs> yeah it has helped me kind of think in different terms we've had a lot fewer um i think divisive arguments in light of that information because that's when we would tend to talk down yeah, to each other yeah knowing Knowing equals loving, people. This is all knowing begets how we love, right? Mm. Was Jen Wilkin? The heart cannot love what the mind does not know. And she's talking about God, obviously. So if we don't know God, mm-hmm. how can we really love Him? And our him love for God would compel us to know Him. Yes. We were just talking today about how I can't get into God's Word enough. We're asking God to, to stir our affections. He's doing that, and we're realizing that now we're starving for more of Him. Yeah. And that's a good place to be. So it's similar in love, we in marriage, <laughs> with our love, is that we, the more we know, the more we want, the more we love, the more we want to know, the more we know, the better we can love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, a circular thing. Um, I think one last thought, at least for me here, is just one last thought of me for the day. That's it. I'm just get one more thought. Um, knowing your tendencies again, these, and I would categorize these as like secondary type things, right? We need to be in our primary knowledge of each other. Like, where do we stand with the Lord? Do we agree and know, like, do we believe Mm -hmm. and know the same things, right? Do we know and believe the same things? His grace, his love, how Jesus has given us redemption and victory, all of that. Those are the primary like Mm -hmm. pillars of things that we should know and understand and therefore believe. Um, the secondary things are like our tendencies, our defaults, our strengths and weaknesses, like the grounds. How, what do I know about my spouse? Like in those, in those ways, because if I know that Ryan has a tendency to, you know, not escape, but you just kind of like leave or, you know, you vacate a little bit or mentally you just divert or go somewhere else, then it's like, okay, Hey, I'm recognizing that this is the pattern that's happening. And I don't think biblically this is what we're called to do and how we deal with this but knowledge does then inform us how we recognize but then deal with that because it's one thing just to recognize it and then call it what it is it's another to deal with it in a loving way that's going to bear fruit in the relationship and in each other's lives is why we harp on do we know god's word are we in god's word do Mm -hmm. we know what it says about love about marriage about wisdom unity faith like those are all words that we might be familiar with, but do we know the definitions that God has given and are we those in agreement words? On those and things? are we in agreement on those things? So when we get back on the really practical notes. So we talked about all of this transparency, right? Being fully known in marriage has many layers. So our book, See Through Marriage, talks through all of this. Uh, I do want to mention, I want to mention that. Go to seethroughbook.com. You can find that anywhere books are sold. That's our latest book. Um, but 
some other things just to get you thinking, listener, is uh, things like your families of origin, right? Have you really looked through the the, the They supply a lot of, of your of marital conflict. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Any past a trauma yeah. is, is, cr- is crucial to, yeah. to know about, not just it, – it's so you can love them better, right? Right. And to work through that better and find healing, even if they've found healing, uh, maybe it's affecting your marriage in ways you don't realize. Yeah. Other relationships, problematic relationships, um, in, like in a work dynamic, right? You, you had a boss at one point that just completely, uh, completely uh, t- what poisoned the waters mm. of our marriage. Not against me, Mm-mm. but he was so toxic that you your whole attitude had shifted. And so we had to kind of deal with that. And actually, you ended up quitting. I, I ended up going down and confronting your boss. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he had sworn at you or yeah. something. Yeah. And I was basically like, you don't talk to women that way. And you especially don't talk to my wife that way. <laughs> and he was like, and he's this ex-military guy. And he kind of like puffed up his chest and all this kind of stuff. And then you quit like three days later. Because I was like, this guy's, no, we're not doing it. We don't need the money that bad. <laughs> and we did need the money that bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but you were basically begging me because uh not begging me but you were uh you were like yeah, we, please just let was... me quit you you didn't want to give a two weeks notice because you just had it yeah and I th- anyway it's rough times so knowing each other in those ways i'm trying to think of other ways to know sexual expectations are mm. a big thing so like do you know your again knowing the trauma knowing the past knowing what you expect and why yeah yeah and not that they have to be connected to trauma in the past, but a lot of, you know, you can have sexual expectations that you haven't communicated. You don't feel like you can communicate those. Mm -hmm. So maybe ask as the spouse say, Hey, what, what are your expectations for our sex life? How can I help you? And how can I serve you in this way? How can I love you in this way? It's not an easy conversation, folks. Like take all the married people that have always talked about marriage and that are gurus. And they'll tell you, it's not easy to sit and talk about sex like it's very yeah well it's an intimate thing and right. it's uh it's very uh it's prone cool. yeah. to landmines yes. and those sorts of things yes um finances are another one like do you know uh do our propensity know? in terms yeah. of spending a lot of couples are one's a spender and one's a saver and that creates why? all kinds yeah. of issues do you and know why? why do we know the yeah. why behind the the so. actions so there's a lot of directions you go with this, mm-hmm. but the point is, is that love compels us to want to know, and knowing informs our love. Mm. And so, it's for First uh, John what five seven one seventeen, or He loves because we First John four nineteen. I wish you knew your <laughs> nailed <Bible>. it. <laughs> first John four nineteen. We love because He first loved us. Okay, so He is the starting point. That's 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 the summary here. Christ is the starting mm. point. Now we love because, and so I choose to love Selena. Again, God's definition of love, not mine, not the world's, but God's. I'm choosing this maintained by the will action to love Selena. That choosing and trusting, right? Compels me now to love you, to to know you, right. and to ask you those why questions. To come to you and say, what what are you think right. about this? What do you it's feel about this? It's compelling, and we have to trust that it is liberating, that is going to bring freedom. And it, then I can now turn around and love you better as a result. So there's right. this circle of love and knowledge and love and knowledge right. that right. needs to be perpetuated in a marriage. And just to, I think, wind it down with First Corinthians 13 about how love is patient and kind. Um, I just want to read one part. Uh, it does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Verse 6, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Truth is knowledge. Love right. bears all things, believes yeah. all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. I rejoices with the truth. I think when we know the truth of who we are and who our spouse is, 
again, we're in this covenant. It gives us this place to see the see with clarity, right? The brokenness that is our sin as an individual. But in this covenant of marriage, we can say, you know what? I'm broken too, but guess, guess who is not broken? Like the, the person who created mm-hmm. our covenant, the That's person who is, yeah. if that isn't like the truth that brings rejoicing, then what is right? Like yeah. there's, there's security, there's assurance. We can rejoice in this truth that we can know each other in these right. ways and walk together, walk forward together, reading our Bible, knowing God, where he stands, knowing where we are supposed to submit, knowing mm. and resting in those things. Yeah, and that's why we spent so much time in the beginning yeah. talking about love and covenant and contrasting it against all these other kind of false foundations. Yeah. So I guess I want to leave you with that is I love that it is it is rejoices in the truth. Well, let your love rejoice in the truth. Mm. Main, maintain your love by the will and deliberate deliberate strengthening by habit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe the first habit. This will be the couple's conversation challenge for <laughs> this. Um, the first habit always healthy. Ask why. Okay, start by asking why. With a that, kind and loving heart. With a kind and loving heart. And what I mean by that, so if you're, if you're trying to find out more about your spouse, you got to start with a leading question, not a leading question, but a starting <laughs> question. Um, how can I love you better? Okay, that's a really kind of broad one. Okay, well, you can love me better by your spouse will have an answer. Then ask why. Why, how, why will that help make you feel more loved? Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if I'm just Yeah, no, I just, I keep here. like going into the why. Why does that make you feel love? Because this always made my dad always did this and it made me feel special or this always happened and it made I felt secure in this or, or this, when we this. talk I feel like I know your heart better and right. so keep asking those why questions and be vulnerable and have dig, that dig, meaningful dig. risk yep. right in those answers so yep. and then uh, get get in God's word together and continue doing the same oh, thing continue it so. yes Anyway, um, Selena, can you pray for us? I can definitely try. The 3 a.m. is hitting people. It's about 12.40 p.m. now. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for knowing and loving. God, you are such an example. Not an example. You are our God. You are the one that we submit to, that we throw our lives down at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, help us, lead us, guide us. Give us all that we need, God, to glorify you, to reflect you, to live for you um, in whatever way that means. And right now, that means knowing each other. That means being willing to walk through hard things and have hard conversations with each other uh, so that we can um, in, just enjoy unity together, mm-hmm. uh, unity with you, and uh, to be able, again, to reflect and bring glory to you, God, because Truly, you are the one who has brought us together, and we rest in that security, Lord. We love you, God. In your name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast. This episode is... In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's a blessing.